ultimately what it does is it causes me to change. It causes my heart to change because I have to work at loving this person and becoming more loving and essentially becoming more like Christ. The podcast hosted by Joe Dietrich, Joe on the mic, Leader Talk, tackles various leadership strategies that cover self-development, self-leadership, including spiritual and physical health of leaders. This podcast will feature guests ranging from military leaders, thought leaders, health and nutrition leaders, spiritual leaders, nonprofit leaders, and many more. All right, welcome guys uh, to our next episode of our podcast. I am happy to have on board today, Bobby Redding. He is the founder of Talk to Jesus, pastor and author of the book, Talk to Jesus, the most practical book ever written on the subject matter of prayer. Talk to Jesus is a dynamic book to encourage unbelievers to call out to God and to teach believers how to pray and inspire them into action. Bobby's mission is to excite powerful prayer within the local church and motivate the church into gospel-centered evangelism. His vision is to spark a movement of powerful prayer throughout the U.S. and the world until God himself changes the moral atmosphere of the country. Bobby Redding is a graduate of Christian Leaders Institute with a Bachelor's in Divinity and is commissioned and ordained through the Christian Leaders Alliance. Welcome, 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 Bobby. I appreciate it. And uh, full disclosure, uh, Bobby is my brother-in-law, <laughs> and I'm glad to have him on. Bobby, uh, can you let everybody know what inspired you to do this movement about Talk to Jesus? So it started back in 2003, and so I was at the time 20 years old, and I had just become a Christian roughly a week uh, before. So at 17 years old is when I first started calling out to God. Um, and so at 17, I found myself incredibly depressed and anxious for various reasons. For three years from 17 until 20, I probably cried myself to sleep for three to four nights a week, uh, just on my knees crying out to a quote unquote higher power. I didn't know God, I didn't know Christ. I've heard of him pretty much by living in this country, you know, and I, I knew the fact that John 3.16 existed. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. But I didn't, I didn't know it personally. I didn't know Jesus personally and I hadn't experienced Christ. So I just would, would cry out to Christ three to four nights a week for three years until eventually I felt led to go to a church. And so I went to a church and I sat up in the front row and after the service was over, I went up to the pastor and introduced myself, told him my story, told him about the depression I was facing, about the anxiety, about the fact that I was calling out to God three, four nights a week. And so he took me under his wing. He met with me for three consecutive Wednesdays and fully explained the gospel to me. Uh, once those three were, weeks were over, I had a great understanding of who God was. And so that's when I received Christ, gave my life to him. And about a week later, I was actually at the time working at an emergency room. And the boss, I told the boss, I said, hey, I don't like wearing a scrub top. 
can I please wear a t-shirt? He said, yeah, that's fine. As long as it says the, the hospital name on it. So I said, okay. So I was, I was in my car and I was driving to a, a local store to get uh, the certain, the hospital name on my shirt printed. And as I was driving, I was also talking to God and like asking him, how can I, in what way can I share my faith? Because I've met you now, you've changed my, my whole life. You changed my outlook on life. And I want that for other people. So as I'm praying that, he just kind of drops in, into my mind, talk to Jesus. And then there's a little acronym, T2J. And so I went to get that shirt printed for the hospital, hospital and also got the shirt, a shirt printed with talk to Jesus on it and T2J. And so the way in which it dropped on my mind was like, hey, the way you met me was simply by talking to me. You talked to me for, for three years and then finally you met me. It could be that simple. People that don't know me, all they need to do is start talking to me and I'll reveal myself to them. Wow. Wow. <laughs> that, no, that's an awesome story because it I can kind of feel I can I can kind of relate to that too because it was it's funny, today is the twenty-fourth of August, right? And the twenty-fourth of August in nineteen ninety-two was when Hurricane Andrew hit South Florida. And your story about talking to God in your time of need was kind of funny because that was the kind of the first time that I spoke to God myself was during that hurricane. As the hurricane was tearing up our house, I had never prayed to God before. And that during that storm, I prayed to God. I said, and a lot of people don't know this, but um, I pray to God, I said, God, if you get me out of this situation, you know, my, saving my family and, and helping us, I'm going to go to church. I said, that, I'm just going to go to church. And we got through the storm. You know, we survived. But it wasn't until three years later that I actually started going to church. And then I got, I got saved. You know, I prayed to mm -hmm. accept Jesus in my life. But it was like, it was kind of an extreme moment, but <laughs> still. Yeah talking to God. And then uh, three years later, I remember that, that prayer that I made. I didn't know I was praying to God. I was just, God, if you're there, you know, mm -hmm. help us. And, uh, and he did. And for me, it's like, um, I'm by nature, a very stubborn person. And so I really firmly believe that God had to take me to the depths of despair and leave me there for what, what, what became three years in order to really get my attention and to break me down so much so that I would actually realize that I need him, not just for a moment in time, but that I need him for my lifetime. He had to, he had to break me down because it, what's, what's great is that created a foundation for the rest of my Christian walk. Those three years of, of, I mean, you can imagine why someone would go and cry themselves to sleep at 17 years old when you're supposed to be out enjoying friends and, and whatnot, but I'm at home crying and going to sleep. So it really did lay a foundation of what I, what I feel is total commitment to God. And you started this back in 2003, the, the movement? The movement, yeah, 2003. So and now that you're, now that you're doing this and it's, now it's uh, 2020. What are some of the challenges, I guess you would say, because I see you as an entrepreneur and as a leader. Mm -hmm. And so what, from that moment of, I made the t-shirt to 
I'm gonna I'm gonna start a movement here. What what are kind of some of the things that that from then until now you can tell like other people that are inspired with an idea from God, a download from God. What are some tips, I guess, some things that you've learned through the process for someone who's like, hey, I, I have an idea from God, but I don't know where to, you know, where to begin or, or how to process that? For me personally, the first thing that comes to mind is it does not come easy. <laughs> um, you know, we do have an adversary who does not want things of Christ to manifest. And so uh, we have that. We also, um, some things right off the bat was that I started making t-shirts and my initial thing was I went door to door with my t-shirts and more so than with the t-shirts, I went with um, asking people to, to pray, asking, telling people about Christ and just kind of going door to door with that. And I realized very quickly that people didn't want to hear what I had to say. I had the door slammed on me multiple times and, and that really discouraged me. So as when God brought that to me in 2003, I talked to Jesus, it did within a matter of a couple of weeks, being, being a new Christian and being sensitive and thinking that everyone needs this, but yet I'm getting the door slammed in my face so often and people rejecting me. Uh, I went on about two years where I didn't, I didn't do any of it. I was like, man, I'm, I'm a little, you know, I, I just, I didn't get fearful, but I, I thought, well, what, why aren't people receiving this the way I received it? I didn't understand. So um, tips, if you're really called to something, if God's really called you to something, then, and you have the spirit of Christ in you, then you will persevere in that calling. And it's been 17 years and I'm still persevering because I know it was a calling from God. And I'm to the point now where I'm 38 years old. I was 20 at the time. Now I have a little son. And I'm like, you know what, God, if this calling on my life, if I don't see the fruit of the work that I've been putting in, in my lifetime, perhaps what I train my son in and, and what I teach him about what I've been doing, what I've learned, and he takes that and then the fruit comes in his lifetime, then so be it. Because... I, I desire to create something that's going to last past my lifetime and past my son's lifetime. And so in that light, I have to go through this process of not experiencing the fruit. And I just have to commit to it and persevere because I know it's my calling. So you, you mentioned something there that you're, you're a, a new daddy, mm -hmm. and, but you're also a new husband. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're so excited that uh, you and Lilia got married back in December. So we are, a, this is a leadership podcast and an entrepreneurship podcast <laughs> and uh, we, uh, and spirituality as well. But uh, what are, uh, what are some of the lessons I guess you've learned being a, a new husband and then all of a sudden now a new, a new papa. So mm -hmm. can you give us some, uh, some, good, uh, some good tips that you've learned? So Lily and I, we met about five months before we got married. We got engaged about five minutes before we got married. So everything was very quick. When it becomes quick like that, you don't, we didn't anyway, know each other that well. And so I remember there was a time after we got married and Lily was standing in the kitchen 
and we were arguing about something and I said, honey, I don't even know who you are. And so she laughed, you know, I kind of broke, got some laughter and lightened the mood, but we didn't know who each other really were. Uh, I would say in the flesh, we knew each other's spirit. We knew that we saw God in each other. So what I've learned, I've, I've kind of related that with Adam and Eve because God brought Eve to Adam. Adam didn't know Eve, but all of a sudden he's married to her. So that was comforting to know that, uh, yeah. you know, the first man and woman experienced kind of what we experienced. And so we've had a lot of trials. We probably broke up, this is pretty candid, but we broke up, I would say a dozen times in the five months that we dated. And I would say the reason for that is mostly because I'm naturally a runner. Like I, I, uh, I'm, and this sounds really, it might sound bad, but like if I'm, if I was with someone in dating, after about two weeks, I was looking over their shoulder to say, who's next, who's next. And so uh, just not being satisfied, you know, that's, that's how I found myself. And so I just kind of followed that habitual pattern. So in that light, what I've learned is the blessing and the, the calling to commit. So marriage has really brought that to light that, you know, even if we get tired of each other on a specific day, I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. I'm committed. Uh, even if I do something wrong, I know that she's faithful and loyal to, to keep the commitment. So it's nice to wake up the next, next morning and realize, whoa, okay, we're still here. We're still committed to one another. I don't have to go and meet someone else and go through this whole process again. Uh, so that's been a blessing. That, that's been a learning experience for me. And ultimately what it does is it causes me to change. It causes my heart to change because I have to work at loving this person and becoming more loving and essentially becoming more like Christ. And when we first got married, right before we had counseling, premarital counseling. And one of the greatest things I, I heard was by Rick Warren, pastor. And he says, marriage is a laboratory for love, Matt laboratory to love. And um, we realized that quickly. And I, I told Lily this, I said, you know, honey, when we're in married in this married relationship, it's like, we're taking this potion and that potion and we put them together and next thing, boom, it blows up in our face. So we don't touch that potion, at least when we touch this other one. So we just navigate this married life and know what we should and should not touch. And, you know, we're, I got, I guess a year and a half into it. And sometimes it feels like we're regressing, but knowing Christ and knowing kind of, we see the direction, we see that it is progression. And, and that we're getting better because we learn from our mistakes. We learn more about each other and what to do, what not to do, what to say, what not to say, when to say things, when not to say things. And, and just all of that, seeing it as a big laboratory um, and knowing that there's an end goal to become more like Christ and that my wife and me as her husband, we are a probably the most important person in that process. To, to make them more like Christ. And so it's been a blessing. Uh, you know, it's all a blessing. Sometimes it seems a little more rough than other, other days, but she has opened my eyes up to a new perspective on who, who God is because I more so before meeting her saw God as a kind of demanding, controlling, 
I command you to do this, follow my commands, or, you know, at some point you're going to get a, a, a whoop and a spanking. But she more uh, introduced me to the, the loving spiritual side, uh, the loving side of God. And so that's been a blessing as well. But marriage, speaking from 23 years of marriage, mm-hmm. you're, the good thing is you're going to be finding new things all the time. Yeah. And which is, which is a pretty cool thing, you know. Uh, Violet and I, you know, we kind of we kind of got married quick too. It, it was a quick process, and we were were constantly learning something new about each other. And the the good thing is, and the one of the most important things, and, and I love that you said, is that you know your your focus, your context is God in the marriage. And as long as you got that, and, and I say this for anybody, if you got God in the marriage, that is one of the best glues and resources and flowing source of strength that anybody could have. Uh, like the Bible says, uh, a three-fold cord is hard to break. Like I said, we learn something new every day. You know, there, hey, I'm not saying it's perfect. You know, we've had our arguments, you know, disagreements because we're two different people, right? Mm-hmm. It makes sense. You know, you have two different people coming from two different worlds upbringings, cultures, whatever the case may be, you bring them together, you learn something new about each other every day. But you have to keep that mindset about, hey, this person is different from me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And they don't know what's going on inside my head, which is a good thing. Um, (laughs) But Mm -hmm. you know what, it's it's an adventure. It is. And it's a lab. It is a laboratory because uh, anytime you go do do something new, there's going to be different results, uh, which is a cool thing. All right, folks, time for a sponsor break. All right, back to our episode. Now you're a new daddy. Mm-hmm. So what's, what's that been like? Well, I tell this story sometimes. When I was a sophomore in high school, I remember I used to have my book, like let's say it was a history book, one of those big, thick, hard, hard, hardback history books. And I would hold it up. I would set it on my desk so there was a, the teacher couldn't see what, you know, the pages and I would be looking at him or him or her and they would be speaking and I would nod my head in agreement with what they were saying. But meanwhile, inside that book, there was a little piece of paper I had against the pages and I was writing down the names of my kids that I anticipated having. So I wanted to have four boys and four girls and I would write their names. And so I was totally daydreaming and preoccupied with, with my desire to have children when obviously I should have been learning. But that kind of speaks of how much I've always wanted to have kids. And, and so, so when, I had, when we had Micah, it was a dream come true. And it was, I guess, 20 years in the making. So uh, that's been a learning process as well. It, it was definitely love at first sight. And it's been, he's, let's see, he's all... He's nine months old, almost nine months old. So he, uh, and it's been nine months of learning, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's just love at first sight. I, I can't wait to go into his, when, when he wakes up from his nap and go in there. My thing I say is I hide around the corner and I say, little son, little son. And then I kind of peek around and I see him, uh, you know, looking through the bars and anticipating my arrival. So I just love, um, 
every day. Every day is a new experience because he's growing so much. And uh, just seeing him look ba look back at me and 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 look at me with loving eyes and and revering me as his father. And so with that, knowing that he's so shapeable and moldable and he he relies on me for everything right now it's like man what a calling this is greater than talk to jesus this is this is the calling right here is you've got a, a little son who uh who looks to you for everything so you have to be everything that he needs so it's 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 probably i, I think the the most tremendous blessing i've ever received is him wow that, that's that's so awesome and, and I can tell by your voice and your mannerisms how, how excited you are about that. So what, what, are, what are some of the things, I guess you would say, to give advice to young men and women that are wondering about, hey, you know, I want to go into business or I want to go into being married or, hey, I want to have children one day, what would you, what advice would you give to them uh, to say, look, to prepare yourself for this role? What, what, what are some of the things you would tell them? Well, I can tell you that looking back on my experience, my life's experience, my oftentimes bad decisions, um, is that relationship wise, I've often looked for other people to fill a void that, that I've always had. And as opposed to filling up with, like you stated earlier, that like Christ is that never ending waterfall of grace, of love, rather than staying under that waterfall and filling up on Christ, I spent a lot of time out from underneath that waterfall and looking for relationships to fill vo a void in my life. Um, and not to say that Christ cannot cannot and does not fully fill that void, but I wasn't standing underneath that waterfall of grace and of love. I chose to get outside of that and, and look elsewhere. And in doing so, it, it faced a lot of heartache, um, a lot of anxiety, a lot of constant running around and trying to figure out uh, who I am when all the while I, I could have been receiving from Christ and he could have told me exactly who I am I could have you know, been living that way. And so in preparation, I would say, number one is get to know Christ and stay there and, and let him speak to you and let him make the path for you to walk down rather than constantly trying to make your own path. Because eventually, if you are indeed Christ, then you're going to come back to his path. And uh, you're gonna save yourself a lot of heartache and a lot of work, you know, to to having having tried to make your own pathway. So one thing that I do want to teach Micah is that regarding relationships, and what I wish I would have learned before was that uh, before you can go and really be a man for a woman, you have to first become a man. And so, as opposed to going out and dating right at 16, 17, 18, if if you're not really a man, you're not mature enough to take care of a woman, then you shouldn't be pursuing a relationship with a woman. Uh, because not only you're going to cause heartache for yourself, but for girls. And so, so that's one thing with relationships. Regarding parenthood, um, that kind of comes once you receive the child. 
uh, I don't think, I, I'm not sure exactly what you can do to pre prepare for parenthood other than, like I said, being a man, you know, first becoming a man so that you can raise a man. And, uh, and then as far as business, it's, it's still, even though it started in two, 2003, it's still really in the beginning phases. I just think this is a lifelong endeavor that ideally if my, my desire is for it to transcend my generation, then uh, it's gonna take hard work and I may not see the fruit and that's okay. You wrote, talk to Jesus. Uh, so give us some, uh, some highlights out of the book for our listeners as to uh, what they can find in the book. And then if you can, at the end of that, uh, where they can find your book. So the book was inspired by a quote that I read from a, a guy named E.M. Bounds. And I'll, I'll read that. It says, where are the Christly leaders who can teach the modern saints how to pray and put them at it? Do we know we are raising up a prayerless set of saints? Where are the apostolic leaders who can put God's people to praying? Let them come to the front and do the work, and it will be the greatest work which can be done. And when I read that, and I had kind of this talk to Jesus idea, they, they fit. So, okay, yeah, prayer, the greatest work that, that can be done. We're raising up a, a prayerless set of saints. Uh, without intimacy, without prayer, we don't have intimacy with God. And so... I just told God from that point, I said, and I had in the back of my mind uh, for years that I wanted to write a book relative for this ministry. Uh, but once I read that quote, I said, yes, okay, it's, the t it's time to write a book that's going to teach people how to pray and put them to it. And so, so the book is, is engaging, it's interactive. There's QR codes that lead people to videos. Um, on every, nearly every day, there's a taking action step where people are, are asked to go and take action, whether it be via praying or, or doing something, something interactive in the book. So, and that was to, to fulfill that, put them to it part, teach them to pray and put them to it. And so the book is broken down with, uh, see, why pray? Why should we pray? How to create consistency in prayer? And then how to pray. And with how to pray, obviously I use the, the Lord's prayer model. And so I, I, got six A's from that. Those six A's are approaching God, acknowledging God, appreciating God, admitting to God, asking of God, and advocating for others. And then it goes into prayer as a disposition. So I look at prayer as like, prayer is a dialogue with God. We're intentionally conveying a message to God in everything we do. Really, whether we're speaking or whether in our actions, we're always kind of talking with God, conveying a message to him. Um, and then when Paul says for us to pray without ceasing, I look at that, okay, say, okay, God, we can't always be in dialogue with you. Um, but yet we're always conveying some sort of message to you with how we think, speak, behave, or act. What does it mean to pray without ceasing? Well, it's to have a dispositional prayer life. So that, and what I say is we're always in an attitude of relationship to God. And so the way that we, we're able to get to the point where we pray without ceasing is by creating intimacy with God and quality time of prayer and quality time of meditation on what he said through his word. And so that I say was the end goal of the book is to create within yourself by reading the book to have, to have God create within you a dispositional prayer life. Yeah, and so 
where the book is available on Amazon and also at our website called t2j.org. Thank you so much, Bobby. I, I, you know, I appreciate that. And I, and I appreciate that you made that book, not just for Christians, but also for people that not necessarily believe and who might not know how to pray. Because like, like I said before, when, before I became a Christian, I never knew how to pray to God. And some people are sometimes intimidated by the Bible. But you created this book, Talk to Jesus, to show people how to pray to God and approach him so they can have a, you know, at least a, like, Hey, how do I do it? Well, I can read this book to show how to pray to God, to build that connection, you know? And, to, and what, what's amazing to me is that sometimes people that just don't understand is just basically talking to them and being real, just like how you want, you want a friend to be real with you in a conversation. God just wants us to be real with him. A lot of people might not know, but even people in the Bible, were even upset at God and they were talking to him and he wasn't, he wasn't intimidated by, it. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, even if we're not, we don't understand something confused about something. That's when the, he really wants us to approach him with questions, with thoughts mm-hmm. or, you know, what we think, but uh, any, uh, any ending thoughts before we end this podcast? Well, first thing that comes to mind is my wife's going to watch this. So I, you know, we, what, go, going back to that, touching on that subject is um, I told her one time, I, I wrote on, on a card that I wrote for her that she loves me like Jesus does. She loves me like Jesus does. And, and it would take a wife like that for me to be with because I'm, I'm very, many people don't know, even who do know me, that I am very rough around the edges. And even though I'm in love with Christ, Christ is constantly working on me because I'm very rough around the edges. And so I need someone that loves me the way Christ does. And so, so Lily does that. So thank you, honey, for loving me like Christ does. And uh, um, other than that, I'll just share what I, I performed a wedding ceremony for my cousin a couple of days ago. And one thing that really, that really I wanted to say at that wedding and that I want to say now is, is for those who don't know Christ, um, that there's a scripture in the Bible says that says there's no greater love than this, that someone would lay down his life for his friends. And that's exactly what Jesus did for each one of us, lay down his life to give us the opportunity to receive him as our savior, as our Lord, and as the greatest treasure that we will ever know. And God loves each and every one of us. He is our creator. He is our father. And he desires for us to receive him and to experience his love and his friendship. And so that's the starting place. I think, you know, when it comes to with your show, being a leader, I really believe that if we don't know Christ, if we don't know our creator, our father, and the, the greatest leader, then then we will always fall short of, of good leadership. Amen. Hey, thank you, Bobby. And you know what? Hey, guys, a little ninja tip. Bobby just gave you a real good ninja tip at the end there about how to score good points for your wife, uh, with yes. your wife. You know, you always got to give kudos to the wife in anything that yeah. you do. <laughs> yeah. <Very> true. <laughs> but, uh, no, hey, you know, and I, and I give you kudos for that because you learned that quick. It took me oh, yeah. 10 years to, to learn that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you learned that quick, you know. Thank you. And you know what, and, and, it, and it is a blessing to know that when anybody, anybody that you're in a relationship with would love you 
as Jesus would. Mm-hmm. That is that is a tremendous blessing that anybody yeah. could ever have because, you know, in life, um, you know, it, it can be rough at times, but it's always good to, to know that can someone can love you unconditionally like God does. And that's what it is. He, he loves us unconditionally, but we got to, the point is, is that we got to accept that love. And that's what a lot of people don't understand. Uh, yeah, he died for us, but we got to accept that love that he gave to us on the cross. And that's, that's a big deal right there, a big deal. But uh, again, thank you, Bobby, for coming on and being very candid with us and open. I, I do appreciate that. And uh, I hope to have you on again sometime. We can talk. To you. But uh, guys, again, if you uh, want to find out more about Bobby and his book, go to www.t, like in Tom, to the number two, j.org to find out more about his book and the movement that, that he is doing and creating for non-believers and believers alike. It's good. Go check it out. And if you have any questions, you know how to get a hold of me. All right, guys, have a blessed day, and we'll talk to you later.